How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I'm halfway through <laughs> my beer, so it's getting progressively better. <laughs> it's it's the gradient to, to happiness, really. Beer is a gradient, or just from light beer to dark beer, or is it the thickness of beer? I'm not familiar, actually. Or just, like, volumetrically. A little bit of beer to a lot of bit of beer. Yeah. I can't really comment on uh, any well, of those you know attributes of beer. Work, right? It's just well, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've used Photoshop. <laughs> I assume it's like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I just wasn't sure what the analogous comparison was for beer. Yeah, yeah. I'm not super familiar with the uh, the attributes of beer. But yeah, it's just it's been a weird day, but also week. So please help send <laughs> send news. Send news. Yeah. <laughs> How's uh? Is has it been adequately spooky? For Halloween, because we are recording this on Halloween. I like how the Halloween episode was recorded before Halloween. <laughs> yeah, well, but people aren't going to listen to this until they've already forgotten about Halloween. That's all, true. You're not going to you know. listen to this on Halloween, right? Unless this is a you've waited a good long time. Yeah. In which case, hello from the past. Yeah. What are you doing? If you didn't listen to the previous episode and you want more Halloween goodness, uh, don't listen to this one. Just go to that one. Um, nothing terribly spooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, it was Diwali, the Indian festival of lights. Oh, paraphrasing on what the actual holiday is, right? <laughs> but it's it's not uncommon to set off fireworks and firecrackers. Yeah, and one of my neighbors, who will be unnamed because I don't know who who did it, right? But somebody <laughs> set off a firecracker, and it went off right next to my window, and I thought there was a fucking gunshot, and I was paranoid oh, for a good ten minutes. <laughs> Jeez, um, until I heard firecrackers afterwards, I'm like. Oh, okay it's well, just a firefight <laughs> thank god <laughs> when you're when you're confident confident that they're not shooting specifically at you they're shooting at each other then you're good then you're good you can step away from well, the I mean, situation if it was a gunshot i want to like peep out the window like oh who is it <laughs> yeah and they'd be like that guy's a witness get him <laughs> yeah he showed his face for some reason yeah no i'm not familiar with that i feel like everybody's got a festival of lights if you went to see lights in concert that would always be a festival of lights, actually. I so. feel like this is a band I should know, mm-hmm. or I've definitely heard of, but I'm not recalling anything they've done. I'll be honest, I'm kind of just banking on the fact that there's a band named Lights. I'm not familiar either, but... It's definitely an Ellie Goulding song. Yeah. I don't know if she's still it's in Vogue or not. I don't know if she was ever on Vogue. Oh, in Vogue. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for the shit eating grin. I was like, hey, <laughs> I give you credit. Yeah. Uh, no, it's such a common word. There's got to be a band out there named Lights. We'll come back, use some of their music for the intro. It'll be, it'll be fun. <laughs> we won't do that. We might do that. We won't do that. Uh, today, though, you mentioned news. There's a little bit of it, stuff going on. Yeah. Talk about some stuff we've maybe played recently. Talk about some news. Get into it. Um, don't get into it. <laughs> shake head. <laughs> well, I had like the the beer hiccup, and I was kind of like just trying oh, to like, shake it away, shake shake it off. But also, I was saying like, don't steal Philip DeFranco's thing. With, <laughs> Let's get into it. Oh, is that? A, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Yeah. Huh. Does he have like a show? Or he has a YouTube channel where he does news. Ah, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forget that Philip DeFranco is like a YouTuber. I know he's very popular. Like versus versus a what? Like there's the um the actor uh, DeFranco. What's his uh, first name? He was in the um James Franco. James Franco. There you go. Not DeFranco is. <laughs> well, there is also a Dave Franco who's married to Allison Brie. Ah. Who, I mean, I hate Brie as a cheese. I've never found the appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. But I think she's very attractive and talented. Hmm. Interesting. Not familiar, but... But she's married to a David. What up? <laughs> Self <laughs> high five. That's Got actually him. just me clapping. Right. That was just a... <laughs> that's the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the first thing... People are already talking about it a little bit, but uh, I I spent some time playing The Outer Worlds. I actually took time off for it. Um, and the best part about this is that 
Bethesda has been screwing up Fallout for a long time. What? No. And I mean, we've talked about it in the past, right? Like we had. An and we'll aside. talk about it again. <laughs> right. As, as long as they continue to screw up or if at some point they stop screwing up. Those are both newsworthy items at this point. They're doing stuff, guys. <laughs> Returning to neutral would be an improvement <laughs> for them at this point. Newsworthy improvement. So you made that comparison. Does that mean that Outer Worlds is akin to a Fallout game? It is really similar, actually. Um, but I, I was going to start with the uh, uh, the fact that Bethesda's done everything they can to possibly help Outer Worlds sales. Like, like the uh, the first time Outer Worlds was announced, uh, their trailer basically was like, "Hey, from the makers of Fallout, like all of this stuff, they want you to know that Black Isle devs that worked on the original Fallout are actually yeah. at Obsidian." Um, and this was all around the original travesty of Fallout 76, like in response to that. Yeah. Like they rode that wave. They're just like, hey, you know how Fallout sucks now? Remember how it didn't always suck? Come check out our game. It's going to come <laughs> out in a year. And then as though on cue, when um, right before Outer Wilds released this year, I think it was like the week before, uh, Bethesda came out with Fallout first. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Um, from what I've heard from the vitriolic internet, it is a subscription-based uh, service where it's kind of oh, like yeah. Fallout 76, but online and multiplayer, mm-hmm. <laughs> which sounds like a lot like Fallout 76, weirdly <laughs> enough. It's like it's like an addition to the game. It's like you, you bought the game and you're you're playing the game, but would you like to pay more money for more features for the game you've already bought? And this game that also has microtransactions. So what are they incentivizing with from the Fallout First side of things? So what they, the, the big features they're trying to sell with it was private servers. So you can play just with your friends instead of joining like a public world. And unlimited stash space, which is interesting. So like one of the mechanics in the game was you had to collect a bunch of trash because they introduced that with Fallout 4. Like just actual trash, garbage, aluminum cans all of that and uh you could only you you need to use it for uh crafting a bunch of the things you can actually produce um ammunition you have to store that somewhere like you have to store gear you find that you don't want to equip right now anything you want to store somewhere it goes in your stash and i'm familiar with storing things i'm a hoarder yeah it goes in your mustache right there (laughs) right up there (laughs) so people have limited stash space you have more stash space than i have because i can't grow out the mustache Tweedle size of <laughs> stash space. <laughs> but when uh, when 76 came out, they were like, all right, well, you only get like, I think it was like 300 pounds of, of trash, which fills up really fast. Um, when you consider like armor might take, you know, 10, 15 pounds, heavier stuff, whatever. Um, you'd run out of space really quickly. So they're like, all right, we're going to bump that up after the, like the beta or whatever to 400 pounds, but we can't go any higher because it will destabilize the game. <laughs> Which is funny because the game was never fucking stable. <laughs> it's also hilarious from a technical standpoint because it's like if, if if you had to store items in a uh, in a box, right? Yeah. You can think of like a thousand ways to do that programmatically that wouldn't destabilize the game if there was a bunch of items in that box, right? Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't do that. So <laughs> they're like, if if we increase the stash... Uh, size like servers are gonna start crashing yeah. I, I, I don't know but anyways all of that leads up to this fallout first has the feature unlimited stash space so i guess they fixed the bug in like the year of downtime they had uh, they didn't want to fix the game but they're like we could charge money for that fix yeah that'd be real neat so the two features that they've largely tried to sell here are private servers and uh, unlimited stash space Unlimited stash space, as it turns out, comes with a slight downside. For some players, um, if they had Fallout first, their stash would start deleting their items. They would just cease to exist. <laughs> so you'd go to bank something, and it just goes away instead. So, you know, that's a pretty good buy for a subscription. <laughs> it's it's like the Donald Trump of video games. It mm-hmm. keeps failing comedically. We're like, it can't possibly get any worse, right? Yeah. Right? And then they take it as a challenge. Yeah. 
No, I'm the best at doing worst. So I'm not sure if like they've just been consistently fucking up and they're trying to cover up their mistakes mm-hmm. and just be like, well, it's not us or they're trying to spin it in a way where it's they're still okay in the public eye. Yeah. I don't I don't know. The other feature was broken too, the private server thing. One, if anyone on your friends list, anyone on your friends list could join with you. Admittedly, this game's not on Steam. It's Bethesda's friends list. So like, who has friends that's still playing Fallout 76? So basically their their unit test case was invalid because they're like, well, this guy has like one friend, so <laughs> he can play with him. Cool. And then they would the instance, your private instance that gets generated was just reused from a public instance. So like NPCs might be dead gear might be like already looted it's basically you're like in the trash world of that someone else has gone through already so every part that they tried to market was broken um and it was real dumb (laughs) and this was basically a week before the launch of outer worlds which already like was advertising as a competitor to fallout pretty much so uh i have a working theory that there's someone on the inside at bethesda and they're like all right how do we tear all of this down? <laughs> yeah, we'll add a subscription to our game with terrible reviews and microtransactions right before a competitor launches. Is it possible that they're just that dumb? I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I imagine they have to have a marketing department or like a PR department or somebody with access to the internet. Yeah, like, they have to understand, like, public feedback. Now, to be fair, as much as we're going to talk shit on Fallout 76 or Fallout First, mm-hmm. there are people who are, like, diehard Bethesda fans who will still be invested in it and buy it. There's just not that many anymore, and that's the problem. Yeah, but... I, I think you might be onto it, though. Like, I think th- I think this may actually be a purely financial decision. Like, obviously, it's a cash grab, but usually cash grabs, they like they'll put at least a layer of facade on it. They're just like, oh, we'll spay paint a smiley face on this cash grab. But this one just like breaks into your home, kicks you out of your bed, like lifts up your mattress, grabs your money and leaves. Like they knew they had to have known how obviously bad a decision this was. So the people who own the outer worlds, that is yeah. an entirely different entity. Yes. Obsidian's out on their own. Uh, independent the last uh, interaction they had in the fallout universe was uh, fallout new vegas Hmm. Mm -hmm. a part of me wonders out of my depth of cynicism yeah in the same way you might have like um raid which is like an anti-bug or bug spray i hate bugs or i hate bugs we've we've established this (laughs) known podcast fact but like they also own other like non- name brand mm-hmm. bugs rays so typically if you go through a consumer's mind they'll be like well i don't want to pay six dollars for this name brand thing but i can get something that's comparable yeah at a generic price like two to three bucks mm-hmm. but you get the thing that's generic this bug it's just called bug spray, bug spray yeah. <laughs> you know what it is what it's supposed to do <laughs> you get it, it doesn't end up working as well as you would hoped you're like okay i'll buy the good stuff yeah trick is a lot of those times the company owns both things yeah so you're technically they're getting all of that money it's right. not like you're like okay i guess i'll give the the big company the money yeah they've been getting all the money it's like what it's like when the people that uh, own camel cigarettes bought jewel uh, yeah. vapes it's like yeah it doesn't matter what you choose we're gonna win <laughs> um uh it, but the thing the thing does make any sense here is they are completely separate companies, so there's not even that justification, right? Like, it's it's pretty absurd. Um, and I'm sure we won't hear anything else about Fallout 76, and it'll never come back up in the news. Um, Give it a month. <laughs> Give it a month. But let's talk about the the good parts of Outer Worlds because yeah. you've actually spent time playing it. Yeah. Uh, what are some things that they really do right or that pay homage to back when Fallout was not shit? Right. So the the first standout thing is the the writing. I think like you've played a fair amount of um if not with the Bethesda's RPGs, you've played like you put a lot of time to Skyrim, right? Sure. <laughs> I just see you <laughs> stare off into the distance. <laughs> I've definitely <laughs> murdered some innocents. Yes. So like 
uh, Bethesda occasionally has a hit with like a good NPC where they're like, okay, this one's interesting. But for the most part, like it's easy to treat them all as NPCs. You're like, they don't have a ton of personality. They're just like a top level trope and they're done. Yeah. Um, they're not nuanced. Yeah. Like they don't have hidden motivations or anything like that. And Obsidian on the opposite side has had like really in-depth characters or characters that uh, like at surface level are a trope. And then if you dig like a little bit deeper, they have a lot more going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the writing in this is uh, like pretty exceptionally uh, like Obsidian grade. It's it's way better. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of uh, some examples in particular, like... Uh, there's one where you find a crashed ship and uh, there's a final log left by the navigator. Mm-hmm. And in like a perfect, like monotone droning sort of voice, the lady uh, recalls uh, all of the nonsense the captain has done recently and how they're just, they're all about to die. And she's like, I'm done with this. And she's like, you can't see me now, but I'm just like flipping him the bird as hard as I can before the ship crashes. And it's freaking hilarious. Like, it's moments like that that you don't really get in like Bethesda as much. Nice. Yeah. NPCs will sometimes say things uh, just completely off the cuff that made me stop and, and think about it a little bit and be like, that was an like exceptionally piece, exceptionally good piece of writing. Um, something that I definitely wouldn't get in a like run of the mill game. Very rarely do games make me slow down and be like, that was hilarious. Like, or that was absolutely appropriate. And I get that a lot more in obsidians games. So would you say it's more human in a way? Cause like a lot of times when I go through AAA games, I mean, tropes are what they are because it's what people understand and can refer to. Right. Like, you know when that's like the jock bully type and you know kind of how you'd expect that person to act. Um, so it's really easy to have like some simple dialogue where you're like, that's the bully. Exactly. And I, I think about that sometimes too. I like, have, we've all spent tons of times, tons of time uh, consuming media. We all have tropes we can rely on. Like this guy is like the Lone Ranger. That yeah. guy is like, the joker that guy's like batman you know whatever right uh you could pick a character and be like that's morty from rick and morty or that's rick from rick and morty something like that um or you know the other doc. characters from rick and morty right I was, <laughs> I was gonna say like uh was his name doc martin was that his his full doc name martin's the shoe but it also could be doc martin yeah i, I just remember being called doc yeah the doc from uh, back to the future the original rick right like we all have these kind of frames of reference and I think that's fine, especially for eccentric characters, but it takes like some, a moment of uh, involved writing to go beyond those tropes with characters and make them actually interesting. Um, so that's somewhere like they really uh, excel. I've, I've talked to some other people who are playing the game recently and the things they most often bring up is like, hey, I was having this conversation with this NPC and they totally just said this and I lost it. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what the outer worlds is like. Um, Would you say it's uh, zany in the way that like Borderlands is? That's because I feel like a lot of that. I haven't played as much as you have. Obviously, mm-hmm. I didn't even play three, or two, or one, um, or the pre sequel. Yeah, I played very little Borderlands, but a lot of those character designs, as far as like dialogue and stuff, seem to be like kind of zany. Like, hey, check this random shit out. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think the standout character in Borderlands is definitely Handsome Jack. Like, no, they can never beat him again. Right. They can't compare. I played Borderlands 3. There's some cool characters. None of them compare with Handsome Jack. It's still... They almost went too hard on making that character evil and lovable at the same time. Um, and I think a lot of that's present here. But it's it's tempered in a way that's really true to the roots of fallout because like if you go back to fallout one um there was atrocities taking place like terrible things happened over the course of the game and then they would have like a random event that's the uh, the monty python bridge with the riddle 
like literally the same thing. Uh, so there's these moments of levity that kind of adds to the absurd nature of the wasteland. Mm -hmm. And you have to have an understanding of like how humor works and how you can switch between depressing and like really humorous really quickly to really like live in that space. And Bethesda struggled with it, I think. Um, but I think, I think the comparison to Borderlands is actually really strong, especially since like there, it's not a spoiler. There's corporation, like one of the main features of the game is all of these corporations are vying for control and they like own people's lives to an absurd extent in, uh, in the game. So like you can uh, basically build up reputation with all of them mm. if you are the corporate lackey uh, or you can work against their interests and make them hate you to a certain extent or kill everybody, uh, which is an option in the game. Uh, it's not it's not an option I took advantage of in my playthrough, but um, under the hardest difficulty, which is called Supernova, um, all of the NPCs except your party members are non-essential. And in supernova difficulty, there are no essential NPCs. You can literally kill everyone to the detriment of your well-being. <laughs> and the story accommodates it, which is crazy. They're like, what, what if one person's a murder hobo? No, 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 we can work with this. <laughs> what if my, my answer to ever... Uh, having to engage with an NPC is to kill them. We can find out now in the Outer Wilds or the Outer Worlds. Outer Wilds, different game entirely. You said Outer Wilds like three times, and I've not called you on it. Have you really? Oh no. Art. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's also another good game, but we haven't had an episode on that. No. It's different. It's good this. to know that they are stealing that one uh, cool idea from Undertale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the genocide, genocide route. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's. It's, it's really solid there. The the things I noticed probably most on my first playthrough is just improvements on the um, in the pacing of RPGs. Like um, going back to your experiences in Skyrim, like how often did you actually use potions in your inventory? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I got hit by a bear yeah. and I saw my health rapidly approaching to like two, mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'm going to rub some red shit all over my face. <laughs> you just start smashing health potions against your face rapidly. And the right? shards of glass <laughs> <laughs> cause you to bleed. The blood is actually the health potion. <laughs> and I think that's how like most people played that. It was either chug hundreds of potions in response to immediate damage. Excuse me. And in response to immediate damage, or use it to like tank dragon fire <laughs> with constant health regen effects yep. or like do the same thing with cheese wheels. Um, but all the other cool potion effects that you're like, man, I could totally use the potion of invisibility if I wanted to sneak past a guard or something like that. You never do it. I save it for the final boss. <laughs> yeah. And save the, it for new game plus. <laughs> save it for the final boss. And then just like he dies to arrows. <laughs> Stop like, putting okay. elixirs in games. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, it's it's been an issue kind of for a while like how do you deal with consumables you can go back to like final fantasy final fantasy 7 you're like no no i'm gonna need to hold on to those like x potions or whatever they were called um and then you beat the game and you're like that probably could have been done more efficiently <laughs> not not naming names i think dark souls does it pretty well yeah where it's like hey you have a finite amount of resources um you're gonna get fucked up on some things yeah because a lot of times you're like, okay, well, I know the boss is over here. I want to save my health potion for the boss to make that fight easier mm -hmm. by dying less. But then, like, maybe on the way to the boss, you make a mistake and some people slap you up a bit. Yeah. And you're like, I feel like I should start the boss fight with more than two health. Yeah. Chug's potion. Pop a humanity or something. Yeah. Like, they, that's probably one of the better ways they've done it because it was required if you weren't super great at the game to kind of, like, balance it out. Um and anyways, consumables in games have always been something that's really hard to balance. Witcher, I think, did it in an interesting way. Eventually, for Witcher 3, your um, uh, concoctions lasted like a long time. And then you just had to deal with your toxicity bar, I think. Um, but <laughs> uh, like that was that was a solution they finally came to. But temporary consumables are always rough. 
I'm getting to with this is in Outer Wilds, you have an inhaler. Outer? Uh, worlds. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. Uh, I will never get that correct. <laughs> if ever we have an episode on Outer Wilds, I'll exclusively say Outer Worlds <laughs> to balance it out. The person is like looking back at the title like, the fuck? <laughs> Which one do I buy? <laughs> buy both, actually. Um, but uh, you have an inhaler. And depending on your medical skill, you can unlock uh, slots to put ingredients in. And then whenever you want to heal, you take a puff, basically, on your inhaler. And it will use uh, whatever ingredients have those effects that you have slotted. So you get to customize your combat buff, which is awesome. That is pretty dope. Yeah. Like some of them increase your... uh, the regeneration of like your time dilation bar they don't have vats like in fallout fallout uh but they have like Mm slow-mo where you're just like i'm super fast and headshot 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 um or you can like increase your mind stats your body stats your personality stats your health regeneration like all of those are options and you just custom make your drug basically um so they solve the problem by doing that they're just like oh yeah just all of those cool combat effects, you can just pick them beforehand and you get all of them, depending on your medical skill. If you forego that, then you're probably just healing. <laughs> but are the slots based off of consumable items? Like, do I need an ingredient for each slot? Yeah. Okay. The There is like a nice, and this is something I've found more commonly, uh, there's convenience changes in the systems. Like, I was concerned at first that there was you know, 15 different things that gave me health regeneration, like the same effect. Mm -hmm. They all had the exact same effect, but there's like 15 different things. Then I realized uh, if you run out of an ingredient um, for your inhaler, it will pull any other ingredient you have that has the exact same effect into the inhaler. So you don't even have to micro that part of your inventory. You just keep whatever effects you think are cool and run with it. Jake's fucking huffing aluminum cans over here. <laughs> it's like, meh, that'll do. My character actually did become a drug addict <laughs> at one point. Because there's, um, there's a flaw system, which is the other thing like Bethesda doesn't really like to play with. They're like, you're the hero. No downsides. You're the hero. Where Obsidian's like, hey, if you want to like min-max your stats, whatever you put min in is going to hurt you a lot. Um. So in character creation, I was like, temperament, that's like your leadership skill and other nonsense. I don't care about any of that. I'm going to be smart. So I put that down to like um, below average temperament. Mm. And the game's like, okay, you can do that, but you will have zero health regeneration out of combat. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm sure there's consumables. I can mitigate this. I want that high, high intelligence because that has its own bonuses, right? Uh, then I found out some of the inhaler effects are like increase health regeneration by a hundred or 200% for two minutes. I was doing some math in my head. Okay. Well, it takes zero (laughs) and I multiply it by 200%. Ah, (laughs) oh, (laughs) but I I really like that. I like when a game's like, you want to make a certain part of it really hard. Cool. You can do that. Um, and I became a drug addict because I uh, uh, struggled with a part of combat and I was just huffing on the inhaler constantly and then it's like hey do you want to take a flaw which is addicted to drugs so you get like all of these debuffs if you haven't had drugs recently um, but in exchange you'll get an instant perk point ooh <laughs> yeah. advantage so you can like gimp your character with like all of these phobias and flaws and stuff that are situational like you got like mauled by dogs 50 times because you just really struggle <laughs> and get jumped by dogs all the time. Here's a phobia for dogs and a perk point if you want it. Perk point. Not afraid of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you you unfortunately can't balance it out exactly like that. But it's really cool because by the end of it, your guy can have like a doctor sheet of medical conditions, but uh, a lot of perks. <laughs> What do you need? Um, marijuana for my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> and all of these other things. Anxiety from dogs and not smoking. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just, I really like 
when games let you gimp yourself to a greater advantage. Well, but. it's nice to be able to have trade-offs so it doesn't... This, again, comes back to the allowing you to play your own play style. Mm-hmm. Like, I love seeing people in Bloodborne who like, armor, fuck that shit, yeah. going quick roll, so they're naked... And they have one weapon. And their mm-hmm. whole thing is like, I'm going to time my dodges <laughs> and hit him with a big slap. But when you get punished, it fucking hurts because yeah. you have no damage mitigation. Exactly. It's like, that, that's the way you want to play. It's awesome. Do it. It's like the uh, the demon bell in uh, Sekiro. Like, I played almost the entire game with the demon bell buff because I was like, more drop rate, though. I have to have this. How, how would I not have this? Like Demon Bell does increase drop rate, but also makes the enemies tougher, I believe. Yeah, made the enemies tougher. I think they just they did more damage to you, I believe. Could be wrong on that, but that's what I recall. Harder to beat. Yes. Because yeah. they're killing you more. They kill you more. <laughs> Not tougher as in higher health per se. Yeah. It was nice for like farming and things like that. So uh, also it could elevate the gear, the items that dropped. So if it was like here's a tier one list, um, with Demon Bell, maybe New Game Plus items would be in their pool. Uh, so how do you pass that up? I mean, death is a small price to pay for better drops, obviously. It's true. And also at a point, you start to learn how the game is played mm-hmm. as far as pacing. And this is like true of any any game in general, but also any Souls-like. Because there's like a pattern or a dance to the enemy combat, whether it's a standard mob throughout a level... Or especially bosses where you have to learn the pattern to not die yeah. and then deal damage. Yeah. It's all it's all knowledge and I'm sort of like efficiency is my thing. Like I had a farming route mm-hmm. in uh in Sekiro. So like I would a hundred percent take any debuff that's like better drops, you know. It's I'll just factor it into whatever whatever I'm playing. Um so I like that. I like being able to be like, I really suck at this thing. But I'm really good at the things I care about. And uh, the Outer Worlds lets you do that. <laughs> I had to think about that. <laughs> the other thing I picked was like really, really low perception. And Jake, I, person to, to person, that's fucking you. And I'm right, are you over there, Dave? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if you sat still when I like entered your apartment, like after like coming in here to set stuff up or something yeah. if you were just sitting in your living room i would never find you <laughs> i would leave after like three hours in confusion can i tell the the wedding present story do you yeah. remember that one i think so y- you do i don't recall exactly but i assume that's right, so probably yeah when jake was initially getting married or getting close to be married mm-hmm. we're like oh we should get him a wedding present so myself and another friend, Mike, mm-hmm. I think Dan might have also chipped in. I forget. Friend of the show and friend of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, we'll get him a, a Keurig machine because he likes coffee. Genius. And I think at the time you had like a standard drip pot, which wasn't uncommon. Mm-hmm. So what we did is like we replaced it and just like put it there and set it up. Yeah. We, we It wasn't like a fancy unboxing type thing. It was just a... We'll see if he notices. Uh-huh. And so you guys like came back, you're putting groceries away, and like we're kind of looking at each other, like, is he gonna notice? Uh-huh. And then time had passed and the grocery put away, and you're like, You guys are being weird. <laughs> like, do you notice anything new? And you literally looked around for like three minutes, like, what am I supposed to see? <laughs> and at a point, I was like, Hey, how about that coffee machine? You're like, Oh hey, I guess we didn't have that before. <laughs> and I was like, What the fuck? I'm the kind of person where if like if someone stole my bed from my apartment and I went to lay down to like go to sleep, I yeah. would just like lay on the floor. I would just accept that this is reality now. You're like, Harvey, I remember that's weird. <laughs> Jenny, remind just... me to wash these sheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyways, yeah, my character was like I am in real life. Uh except really smart. <laughs> and uh what uh, Obsidian does sometimes is again letting people live with their choices uh, if you're really close to matching meeting a skill requirement for like a dialogue option um they'll show you the dialogue option but it will be inaccessible they will they will block it out they'll lock it yeah so it's just like you're pretty close but you're not that close you know like you're not good enough 
Um, so to make you think like, man, I should have put more points in the medical or speech or whatever. Yeah. Uh, lying is also its own skill here. So convincing someone is different than lying to them. Uh, so if you neglect one of those skills, you're not going to get through every conversation where the other options aren't available, which is cool. I like that. Um, but what they do is they'll show you, uh, options that are really close to. So I had like no perception and it's like, well, if you had one perception, here's a very basic observation that your character could say that would advance your own goals. It's just like if, if you found a guy and he's like standing over a corpse and he has a bloody knife and the perception one skill is just like, hey, you're hecka guilty. <laughs> like, I don't have that option on that character. So he was great at convincing people of things, but he had no idea of what, what to convince them of. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was, it was freaking hilarious. It was also super frustrating, but I loved it. You're like the Helen Keller of the group. You're like emphatically trying to like make a point. You're like, what? <laughs> I was trying to convince Guys, people. Guys, we got to do the thing. What thing? <laughs> I, I'm not sure yet. I'll figure that out. I, the player, would see the option. But, you know, whatever took Perception 2 to figure out, I have no idea what those options were that playthrough because it was too far away from me. Um, but it's great. They also have the dumb options, which have been missing for like a long time in Fallout. So if you make a stupid, stupid character, yeah, yeah. like people will just treat you like a stupid, stupid character, special dialogue and everything. What was that classic one from uh, the pizza line from Fallout? Um, Ian quotes it all the time. And I haven't heard it in a while. I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Ian, make a comment. Tell us what the pizza line is. <laughs> Ian, if you're listening, DM me that shit. Yeah, <laughs> so we can put it in next week. The one, I, the one I remember from Classic Fallout was a there was a, a shopkeeper or like a trader you could buy stuff from, but if you're really stupid, every time you talk to him, he would steal some of your money. <laughs> you <would> just be <laughs> like, "Yeah, that'll be five bucks." You're like, "Okay, <laughs> give him the money." You didn't buy anything. He just took five bucks. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's also on Unreal instead of Gamebryo. So that engine Bethesda's been using since looks at non-existent watch, looks at actual watch on the table uh, forever. <laughs> that that crashes constantly, has all these issues. Um, no, it's just Unreal now. So there was only one point in the game that caused crashes, and it was like a legitimate bug that everyone had. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably be patched pretty soon. Um, so a non-buggy Obsidian game is crazy to me because their games have always been <laughs> super buggy. Uh, and it kind of covers the technical problems they've had in the past. What else does Obsidian do? Because I know I've heard the studio name. Yeah, they... Start calling. So yeah, they did um, a lot of RPGs for the most part. Like I said, uh, Fallout New Vegas, which came in after Fallout 2, but before 4. Um, and they did not get a high enough Metacritic score. They were two points off for getting their employee bonuses from Bethesda because uh, they were like loaning them the IP, basically letting them wow. make the game. Yeah, people were really salty about that. Um, they also made uh, Pillars of Eternity, which was a uh, is- isometric RPG similar to like top-down view Divinity, but. Not as good as Divinity. God damn honest. right. Yeah. God damn right. Get out of here, fucking dead fire. <laughs> I played it some, but it's got like some of the pacing problems of old RPGs. And where it's like this world is vast. You're like, I don't have time for this. You like walk into a new area and there's like five people that are distinct NPCs to talk to with their own backstories and problems. And I'm like, ah, and I just quit the game. <laughs> it's like, I have to run into people at the grocery store. This is too much. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, uh, the outer worlds doesn't have those pacing problems because it's got probably the best shooter of the fallout series. Um, it's not in the fallout series, but it still has the best, the best shooting there. Uh, so I really appreciate it. So you can have like fast gameplay if you want, but you can also have that in depth. I won't say Bethesda like, mm-hmm. but in the ways of other Elder Scrolls type games or earlier Fallout instances, yeah, where you can have that like 
deeper storyline and exploration. Yeah. There's like, there's bushes you can hide in if you want to be, I wanted to be a stealth archer, but because I gimped my health regeneration, I was like, I have to make up for this. So I'm going to wear heavy armor. I was like, well, if I'm wearing heavy armor, if I'm in like my freaking like full suit of armor, I should use big guns, <laughs> like plasma guns and stuff. <laughs> and my stealth archer build turned into heavy weapons guy. <laughs> well, you're still a stealth archer. You're just shit at it. <laughs> <laughs> really, really bad as it turns out. Hey, come here. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> but I don't know. It was, it was really fun. And so worthy worthy use of the time off i think it took me 32 hours to beat some of it was some farming in the middle um, which was entirely unnecessary i was brokenly overpowered um by the end of it and i didn't actually even have to engage in combat that much because like diplomacy yeah whereas like bethesda's like you need to kill boss we're not going to deprive people of their boss fight boss fight and this one it's like Maybe you find an angle or a piece of information you can use against, you know, whoever's in your path. And then just get everybody on your side or just out-negotiate all of them. <laughs> you think your cousin's hot? Oh, let's not talk about that. You, you can get by. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit, little bits of information. It's much get you through there. I thought you were going to say a little bit on the nose. It's like, I got you. Then someone started beating you in Smash. Mm-hmm. Jake wants to fuck his cousin. <laughs> Will be the, dis- the <laughs> distraction. Yeah. <sighs> I got nothing for that. But anyways, it's a good game. That's probably good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I recommend it. Um, it has a lot of... It's streamlined without dumbing it down. And feels good to play. I would recommend it even to people who don't usually like RPGs. You have companions, but they just have a single button to activate their skills. Um... It was just a lot of really cool uh, in-depth things you can do with the skill trees and choices. And it's not black or white or the game black and white. Man, fuck that game. <laughs> black and white was awesome. I, don't know what you're I mean, about. it was like, it's a classic thing, but uh, we've all heard the uh, the Fisherman song, Never mm. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, totally recommend it. Um, I think it's gotten pretty good reviews overall up to this point. And I would add mine to it. I could see playing that with people. Mm-hmm. I assume it does have multiplayer. Uh, no, it's just strictly single player. Yeah. Ooh, Outer Worlds. that's a... <laughs> I mean, I do enjoy a very good in-depth single player game yeah. from time to time. I don't know if Obsidian's ever made a multiplayer game. Someone write in and tell me where I'm wrong, but I don't think they ever have. They just focus on the, the immersion. That's fine. I like the immersion of my one friend who's like spinning his mouth, just like <laughs> looking at the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you've really appreciated like video games as a medium unless you run up to talk to somebody and then your ally shoots them. <laughs> 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 or in Divinity, it's almost like I don't think you can outright attack people in conversation, but as soon as it ends, right, you can. So if you are actively engaged, if your character is engaged in conversation with somebody, yeah. you cannot attack them while in conversation. They're protected by the dialogue god. <laughs> but uh, if somebody is outside of the dialogue, they can interrupt the fuck out of that dialogue. Oh, okay. So you actually can interact. If you attack them, the it would immediately go to combat. Gotcha. Okay. Even if they're not meant for combat. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so unless you've experienced that, you haven't experienced the peak of uh, cooperative, question mark, gaming. There are people who you want to overcome challenges with, Mm -hmm. and there are people who you want to be challenging with you. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, there are people you want to overcome as the challenge. Yes. (laughs) And there are challenged people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we've been there. We've been there. Um, also recently, um, there's been a new Death Stranding trailer. That's true. We watched it immediately prior to this because I had heard about it, but I hadn't you know, seen it with my, my eye, eye sockets and the eyes therein. And the trailer makes about as much sense as what I just said. So, Yeah, it's kind of a mishmash of some of the other previous trailers over the past 
two years. Yeah. Um, but a little more, and been very loose quotes, exposition. Mm-hmm. Just kind a of lot, random really. pieces from the game. They kind but, of, I think like the more they show you, the more confusing it is. That's the thing. Well, I understand like the overall plot of the game, kind mm-hmm. of. I just don't understand every other piece of it. But it looks fucking dope. Yeah. Because like I said, I'm not a big open world guy all the time. Mm-hmm. In certain instances, I like it. Witcher 3, choice. Yeah. Uh, MGS5, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Minecraft, kind of. <laughs> I, um, don't, I don't know if Minecraft counts. <laughs> I'm still working through Horizon Zero Dawn. He says, yeah. I, just, I just own the game. Right. At this point. <laughs> it's on A list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this looks really good as far as like it has that nice crisp PS4 graphics, mm. but it also seems very, very open. A lot of scenery appreciation. Um, and it's a Kojima game, so I'm interested to see where the fuck that goes. <laughs> yeah. Proper phrasing. But I'm also, actually... this is his first game as his own studio, yeah, and good. not under the umbrella of Konami. Thank you. <laughs> the other co. I was like, who are those cunts? Uh, yeah, Konami. <laughs> who have kind of... Ruined everything. and yeah. stole the MGS IP to make a zombie game where you paid for save slots. Yeah. Everyone loved that, I think. That was well received by the industry. Yeah. They all, they'll always have Pachinko. So, you know, that's that's what they want. Um, It looks it looks hecka weird. Like, there's yes, a lot of... Exp- very weird. Like... Uh, exposition and character interaction and i almost started to think maybe i was getting an idea of what was going on and then like the second half of the trailer is just like let's just throw all that out and things happen (laughs) i think it's it's all psychomantis actually this whole thing is just a psychedelic like trip by Psychomancer. It's actually going to be the next entry in MGS and it's going to blow everybody's mind. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know. It looks good. I'm going to get it when it comes out, which is actually pretty soon. Hmm. I'm pretty sure it's a it's a baby delivery service game. I think that's basically the genre. I thought it was like the early days of uh, Amazon delivery. <laughs> <laughs> the four drones. <laughs> yeah. Back when I was your age, we had to Walk across the country. <laughs> I'm delivering almost, babies. I don't know exactly what the timeline is for PlayStation Five, but I know like people have been talking about it, and I feel like it was announced at some point. I didn't really pay attention. Probably around the same time, whatever Project Scarlet was. Yeah, at like an E3. I'm almost. I'm kind of surprised that this wouldn't be pushed back slightly. To be on it, the PS5. Yeah, since it is like an exclusive. Like you would think, Sony would want something to really push those units out the door. And I'm sure they have other things lined up, but I mean, I don't think... So there's this, and there's The Last of Us 2, Part 2. Girl. That are super hype. I mean, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play as Ellie. <laughs> Boy. Girl. I mean, Ellie. <laughs> no, it, that also looks super good from the trailers that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think they were at E3 as well. Yeah. Or at an E3. So I wonder what they're, what they're, what they're holding in reserve for PS4. Because those are both, those are like, go back five years or whatever, yeah. and these are the games I expect to be trying to sell consoles, right? Yeah. But, like, other things are also slated for PS4, like the new Final Fantasy VII remake, yeah. whenever that happens. Mm-hmm. Which is the initial reason I got a PS4, is like, eh, why not? <laughs> Someday there will be a Final Fantasy remake. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was announced at that point. Oh, okay. Um, I guess it's been in development for a while. Yes, it has. But yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to hold out for for PS5 because mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of the good popular IPs uh, already have titles that are on the PS4 or slated for PS4. Yeah. It's a very healthy console and it's uh, it's game collection. Yes. It'll be... PlayStation has always had that. It'll be Death 2 Stranding. <laughs> That'll, be... <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next one. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even the silliest name uh, Kojima's used. I still think Revengeance is, is the best there. A non-existent word. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the most over the top. That's oh, freaking great. I love it. By the way, uh, do you remember that crazy music from 
Devil May Cry 5 where you fight that demon dog. Mm-hmm. I think so. That came up on my Spotify the other day. I was like, <laughs> no shit. I was actually pretty hyped to hear that. Did we ever talk about DMC5? Did we have? Um, I think we talked about it a little bit because I think both you and Jenny had played it. But mm-hmm. I had not really followed this yeah. series so much. But I had watched some playthrough and checked it out because it looks cool. Yeah. I don't know if she ever played 5. She was going to like catch up on the series and stuff. And then I think that was all talk. Wow. I know. What a quitter. Actually, wait. She bought that game. I have to ask if she beat it because I remember like I bought the game. Te- text your wife real quick. <laughs> and then like turned around and she had also bought it. I was like, did we just spend uh, $120 on this game that you could have also played on my account? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to buy you something called uh, YNAV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't they don't have that on Steam anymore, unfortunately. No. It's decommissioned. But yeah, I don't know. I mean I'll I'll play Death Stranding. I kind of thought about it after the fact. I was like, maybe I should have taken time off for this. Less to like play the game and more to process what is going to happen in the game after the fact. <laughs> what has happened in the game after the fact. Speaking of processing uh plots of games after the fact. Yeah. Near Automata. Mm-hmm recently had a raid in final fantasy 14 that dropped like two days ago there's like it's like near themed or yeah it's like a whole near raid and it's like a 24 man raid instead of eight man oh yeah 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 they have like they have the full double party raids it's crazy um 24 is a lot though i don't remember if i've ever done a 24 so i've only heard things about it because my direct boss at work uh plays 14 and mm-hmm. has a group you're never gonna escape that are you <laughs> no it, it just fucking follows it um but i hear good things about it and a friend of mine plays that as well but i'm i want to see actual like footage of a boss fight oh yeah so i can experience more near people always put that up too like um especially since the songs in 14 like some of the boss fight songs are yeah. legit uh so people will, will upload them with all of the other sound turned off except for just music um because they do that cool freaking um multi-phase fade for tracks so like there'll be the first phase of the track and the music's like building up and then it gets to like a plateau kind of of holding until you get to the next phase of the fight and it's crescendo into the next this next arrangement it's freaking great i love it sorry i realized i just went off on like boss fight music mechanics but look up some of the songs in 14 (laughs) boss fights no, I think certain, well, in general, music will always be good to accompany certain experiences. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone knows about, like, fucking Gwen from Dark Souls. Yeah. And how, like, the slow piano is kind of like a a somber ending to the whole fucking game. Yeah. And everything that led up to those moments and events. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's awesome to have something that's, like, really builds the hype and just sets the mood for whatever you're trying to convey. Yeah. There's there's one boss in 14 where it's just like there's the the lead up and the camera kind of goes up the boss and then she like turns in the air and smiles at you and then the lyrics come in and it's like now fall and then goes into a rock song as the actual fight starts and it's freaking great. Nice. It's so good, yeah. Um, I'll have to show you that later, but uh that's cool that they have near in there. I didn't think about the crossover potential. I didn't either, but then I saw like an announcement like a year ago or something I was like no shit yeah time to get into 14 <laughs> so you can do the near raid that'll be around for like two weeks <laughs> uh that would have been my only drawing because i i can't mmo yeah the nice thing is if it's a 40 or a 24 man raid there's probably very little individual <laughs> responsibility because all the mechanics will just be handled by people that know what they're doing or like, nobody's allowed to fuck up <laughs> You can't do that with 24-man raids. It's just like, if there's personal responsibility, you'll never succeed. <laughs> but apparently you go through, like, um, I think they said, like, five bosses, like, from the actual game. Oh, wow. So I assume that Simone is one of them in some mm-hmm. capacity. Pumba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, I'm really interested to see some of that content on YouTube, probably. Yeah. It's probably up by the time people listen to this, so you know. 
check that out after you go through our entire backlog of episodes we need uh we need it as is law for, for the money <laughs> we, we, we don't make money <laughs> when, you, when you listen to us uh speaking of money if you don't have any hmm. there are some free games on the epic store sure. as of the time of this recording mm-hmm. uh, one of which i've talked up great deal is costume quest mm-hmm. a little cute halloween rpg from tim schaefer and then also a game that we actually have covered on the podcast. Yeah. Jake, this is where you chime Oh, in. Soma. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. It's Soma, yeah. Yeah. Quite like uh quite like Soma. Um the horror elements you can get past, they honestly don't come into play that much really in the game. It's more atmospheric than anything. Yeah. Um so even if you get spooked like we do uh, on this episode we recorded on Halloween, I still recommend Soma especially for zero dollars and hopefully they're still on sale when you listen to this because i don't know how long the sale goes the epic uh, halloween deal though is like every every week they're doing two games instead of one it's weird how like many things are like hey it's free i'm like no no thanks yeah i have been picking them up because like it's like three button clicks so I just don't I, opt in I for this. Can't be ours. <laughs> that's that's too too many button clicks. Uh, yeah, there's there's some there's been some good stuff there, and some games I probably in my mind would go back and play. Yeah, but in reality, as an adult, I likely never will. <laughs> like, remember, like World of Goo? It's like, hey, it's free. It's like, okay, I played it for five minutes. I'm like, I'm not feeling this. I actually played World of Goo. I can't it's a good game. It's just if I beat it. I don't know. Hmm. Not my current interest. Yeah. If something's like a genre miss, it's pretty much impossible to get into at the time. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, like Pillars of Eternity, isometric RPG. Love them sometimes. If you're not feeling it, cut that off. <laughs> cut that off immediately. I'm going back to whatever I was doing. Hey, you kids, cut that off. <laughs> right. That's how circumcisions were invented. <laughs> I think if you <laughs> find yourself in a situation where you can say the phrase "cut that off" to a kid, and it can be interpreted as circumcision, there's many things wrong with this situation. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to another episode of Soapstone. Um, this is over 70 that you guys have obviously listened to all of them so we don't know why we recommend the previous episodes i don't know why you do (laughs) Uh, as always if you want to send in your feedback you can do so at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com for your personal thoughts or suggestions for future episodes or if you'd like to converse in the the pool of people who at least have liked the podcast you can do so at uh, facebook.com slash soapstone podcast um and occasionally people leave comments there you could be one of those you could be one of those people <laughs> you could be the first you can comment first that's true you should uh be the first to comment on this particular episode as soon as you listen to it as soon as you hear me i don't know why you haven't gone already <laughs> Just go, go and comment. We'll be those people. And then we'll remove your comment for just saying first. Because that's the worst thing you can do on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's not like one of those Spotify ads. It's like, hey, check us out. Hey. <laughs> right. Hey, I know you can hear us. Right. You're still listening. We paid money for the spot. <laughs> check out our stuff. <laughs> we have ways of knowing that you're still listening right now. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. So, until next time, we'll see you in the next one. Destroy!